0: to different gravy not just another Sheffer wednesday podcast i'm one of the hosts richard miller and my co-host the man who rumor has it convinced wayne rooney to trade in away trips to los angeles miami and new york for rainy friday nights in northampton dr luke gledall how are you doing today luke <laughs> very good rich how about yourself i'm good yes yeah buoyed up by uh by the the results Ooh. uh and yeah, feeling feeling perky, feeling you know feeling good.
1: I um I wanted to bring up actually. I've got a I've so last night I was watching some of the NHL All Star Skills Games. So basically, they get some of the uh, top performers from the ice hockey teams. Oh yeah. In the NHL, and they get them to do some very kind of uh, bizarre, implausible um, little kind of tests to see who's the best at uh, you know Tangentially
0: tangentially related to their day jobs exactly
1: knocking one of them seemed to be basically chipping hockey pucks from a large platform into containers like a golf thing that was apparently a new game which which it <laughs> it, it, it looked like uh maybe it was some kind of haggard idea that they were kind of tossing around but it basically made me think i mean why not while we see a further americanization of uh of uh, football maybe we should see that within the premier league i mean that'd be an interesting sight to see I mean, how many keepy ups can Kevin De Bruyne do? The answer is too many to uh, to make into a decent segment. <laughs> so maybe I you know, imagine just like Kevin De Bruyne doing keepy ups for six hours, and then like a little bit of time lapse photography of the whole thing. It'd be quite beautiful. You can see the sun rising, setting in the background.
0: It'd be great. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds very good. But yeah, I think like hitting targets. Um, I know you're not a fan of the uh, the series of video games, but uh, FIFA has sort of training drills which are. Um, Which quite often involve sort of, um, you know, knocking down boxes in the goal and things like that. So I think like a real life equivalent of some of those games, that could, there could be a market for that. And they also had a kind of Canadian women
1: versus US women elite players free on free, like a little mini game as well. So how about we have Wembley doubles? Ooh. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? Could
0: you imagine? Um, yeah, playing on a like a, t- a tennis court sized pitch. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember a few like a few years ago when there was really the sort of the beginning of the kind of arms race for branding the World Cup? Um, you'd have like an amazing advert from Nike and an amazing advert from Adidas, and it was all a, there was like a bit of hoo-ha around them unveiling their their World Cup advert um mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. You, yeah so i mean famously there was the one with the brazil players in the airport which was um which was completely excellent um but i think nike followed that one up with one where it was like players playing in like a little in like a cage it was teams of two or three with tiny goals um and my my friends and i actually played Built our equivalent of that in in a, in, a, in in a, in somebody's back garden and spent a lot of the summer playing it. And what we did find was you tended to clash shins a lot. I don't know why. I think just this sort of I'm not saying we were the best of players, and I think probably the better players you know, who do the game professionally may be able to avoid battering each other's shins to pieces. But I think just the confined space just meant there was more of those, those kind of physical clashes. And I I do remember my, my shins being sort of in ribbons after, uh, after a few sessions of it, but it was very good fun. Test, tested the skill. I think one of the key problems with, uh, with Nike's advert, though, was that Rio Ferdinand was one of the players you would pick for your, your two-man, sort of skill-based football team, um, which nobody would. Nobody is picking Rio. He's a very fine defender, but he would have been picked last in that one, wouldn't he? Indeed. Um, we should whistle along to, to cover... Breaking hoo-hoos. With a, cover some of the news events of the week. Bit of a quieter week, I think uh, mm. agree.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, we're really really coming into that lull before the next week kind of ramps up with hopefully some transfer activity hopefully there's a hotbed of signings maybe signings plural I've, i feel like i've been guilty of using signings as a plural it could be a
0: singular signing you know i, I i've got to say i'm losing faith Um, (laughs) Because one of the bits of news is really that One of those targets that we've been linked to Has gone elsewhere And that is about the third or fourth time that's happened So Josh Sims has decided to go back to New York He's done a reverse Rooney um, And swapped his tawdry life on the south coast of England uh, For uh, a much more exciting time in the city that never sleeps And that's at the expense of Sheffield Wednesday Football Club Mm. And that.
1: Sims was one that I think even uh, Monk was less coy about kind of coming out with and saying, yes, he's someone we have looked at and have discussed at with the scouting team.
0: Yeah, putting that public pressure on him to to commit and uh, which is, maybe yeah, just, which is, scaring him off with the f- too many coy looks on Skype calls. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> I, I think so. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I have used the plural of signings. Uh, maybe I can be even more advanced to look at kind of the collective noun and say hopefully a a parliament of new owls, potentially. Wow,
0: a full parliamentary intake of new owls. Exactly. We'll have
1: a cabinet minister for putting it in the net, I think. (laughs) Undersec- last I'm I'm very hopeful. I'm very hopeful of two signings. I mean even one at this point would be something, you know. Yeah. But again, as we go back to the analogy before, we're all getting incredibly desperate in the nightclub at this point, aren't we? We're really just
0: I think we are we're so desperate that we are we're making plans to return to the nightclub the night after for the grab a granny night just to um, <laughs> give ourselves a second bite at a, an increasingly bad looking cherry
1: <laughs> and this analogy spans out to basically saying we're bringing gary taylor fletcher back yes <laughs> he's uh we've managed to uh we've managed to talk to his uh shift leader and said they don't need him laying bricks for the next uh for the next four <laughs> months so we could have him back it's great
0: is, B- is Boney still somebody on our radar, supposedly? Or has that gone quiet? I mean, there was some talk that he spent some time training with the club, even. I, I don't know how long ago he I don't played. I don't, I don't even know. Are we that desperate? Well, he's the closest thing to um, what we were talking about last week with Steve Howard, I think. In that, you know, it, probably in spite of his crumbling body he might still know the right things to do and the right places to stand <laughs> on a football pitch, um, putting him mildly above the other folks uh, who uh, who are his competition for a, for a place in the team. Oh,
1: actually, there is some other news as well. We, so I guess it's another transfer window where, oh, for shook, oh, shucks, we've also missed out on Ben 10 as well. As he's oh, yes. He signed for a 12th-tier side, signed for his mate's team in the West Lancashire Prem.
0: He's taken his beer gut to a pub league. To a pub league, yes. Yeah, it's that was a very strange one. Mm. And you know, we we talked about early on in
1: the podcast. I think it was in the uh, in the August. in uh, the words of Richard Miller, I f- said, I still think there's some stepovers in those legs.
0: Mm. And I'm sure they'll be, you know, bewitching the uh, the defenders of. Uh, of whatever it is, the 10th or 12th tier of uh, of English football.
1: I just thought it would be really depressing if he doesn't
0: doesn't pull a Patriots. This is probably a very good chance. (laughs)
1: Oh, dear.
0: So um, in terms of other bits and pieces of news... I don't know if you picked up. There was a news story in the week that devoted football fans experience such intense levels of physical stress while watching their team that they could be putting themselves at risk of a heart attack. Suggests research. A study. Uh, a team from Oxford University uh, studied the saliva of Brazil fans during their seven-one loss to Germany in in the World Cup a few years ago, and basically found that the levels of cortisol were sufficient to do lasting damage to your health. So. Not only do weekends like last weekend do sort of, you know, significant damage to one's pride, maybe one's mental health, but now, you know, we may be actually taking, they may be taking a physical toll on our uh, bodies as well. That's a good thing to know, isn't it? That's That's lovely. Lovely to know. (laughs) Prolonged high levels of cortisol can constrict blood vessels, raise blood pressure and damage an already weakened heart. It can also give people a feeling of impending doom, that their life is in danger and they are under attack. So there you go. Fun, 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 fun. (laughs) We are taking our lives in our hands, people. (laughs) Every time we show an interest in this football team. So we should move along to this weekend's FA Cup clash with the Queen's Park Rangers. Eight o'clock, Friday night. Did you see on
1: your coverage, have you seen us previously, the QPR mascot Jude the Cat, who looks like a big malformed mutant rat? Oh, yeah. It's, it's an odd one. I think it's a rat that's basically turned into a cat. I think that's how it works. I like his little hat. That's very nice. He has a nice well, little that's, that's very sweet.
0: That's the main thing. Bt Sports decided that the Northampton Town derby game with the with the added the added Rooney was uh, was much more glamorous and filled with the magic of the FA Cup. So we were consigned to a channel I'd never heard of before called BT Sports Extra One, where they provided a much worse quality feed than most illegal sites and put us alongside some club rugby, which I can only imagine about three people that were interested in. Um, they, they were even less, exciting to bt than uh, than our game was so they were consigned to bt sports extra two and i can only imagine what their feed looked like it must have looked like it was filmed on a potato because ours was rubbish (laughs) it was really really poor quality but there you go it's nice you pay lots of money for that for, for um a subscription to BT Sports, so it's good to get that rewarded uh in terms of, of dreadful, dreadful <laughs> streams from an FA Cup game on a Friday night. What did you what did you make of the, the team uh as it as it lined up? Uh oh, well I I noticed there were changes and then I found
1: out there were six of them, including mm. a return from Moses Adebajo, Back from the Dead. Back from the
0: Dead, yeah.
1: Much like Garrett, much like Jordan Roses trick um the Undertaker the other Undertaker, Undertaker's assistant, Mavis Odabajo, um, has also returned. Paul Bearer, as he was F. called
0: in the uh,
1: Oh, very good. WWF. Very, very good.
0: <laughs> uh, so uh, we had a return to Tom Lees and Morgan Fox. Uh, as uh, Sorry, Tom Lees and uh, Julian Berner as the uh, centre-back pairing as well, which was Ooh. interesting. And
1: then interesting in the sense of that, um, so interesting that we appealed Luongo, but Luongo apparently was injured, apparently has a groin injury, so I don't know how bad that is. It's good, isn't it? I, I get very worried by the term groin injury, because I, I I'm a man who has a lot of groin and hip problems, and uh, they're not fun. Let's mm. say, groins are pretty, pretty nasty uh, to, to pull and to injure, so I don't like hearing that. And then apparently Kieran Lee had a shoulder injury. Uh, Barry Bannon was purely just rested, which was interesting. I was
0: wondering what our record now looks like when Bannon hasn't played this season. It's something we can explore later. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but... I think it is. Because um, obviously there's uh, two cup games, but is there, has there been any league games he's missed as well? Did we
1: <sighs> Did we win against Barnsley without Bannon as well? Maybe. I think, maybe. I don't know. We're gesticulating and we could go down. We could have a period on the podcast where people just listen to us for a few minutes. Just click. No, you're right. No, up. you're
0: right. No, Barnsley. We beat Barnsley two 0 without Bannon. Mm. So it's not.
1: It's not terrible. Drew with Barry.
0: I mean. he, he must have missed two games on the on the bounce. And mm. Then he came back for the loss against Millwall. I just. It's interesting because obviously he's. I would think for everybody by and large he's probably first name on the team sheet. Uh, but we've actually had a surprising amount of success without him on the, being on the pitch. Uh, it's just intriguing, because I would never have put those two, Pelipessi and Hutchinson would never have been my midfield two in a month or some days, I don't think. Mm. Uh, was, so, the,
1: was the midfield three, oh, was was Bannon part of the Brighton game? Was that
0: correct? Bannon didn't play in the Brighton game either, I think he was. So wrestling. he won that one as well.
1: Yeah, so you said two, I think. Yeah, sorry. Okay.
0: That's all right. It's okay. I'll let you off.
1: And uh, Adam Rich dropped as he was too busy distracted with the Twitter, um, you know, left wing memes ogling the hot girls for Bernie hashtag.
0: <laughs> a callback to uh, yeah, him enjoying his time on that on the left wing. On the left wing. <laughs> so I thought it was interesting
1: formation because we went for the four four two, which was nice. But then you're, you're packing that midfield with two fairly flat kind of defensive central midfielders. Um,
0: I suppose they both get through a lot of work Which you need if, if we're going to play Rhodes Yeah um, And if we're going to have two in the
1: middle You know, both those I, things There were some really interesting pairings though Because I mean, I don't think we've seen Have we seen Rhodes and Winall before? No, not for a, not for a long time No, it's that's been a, a new partnership It's yeah, part yeah. of one of the many, you know, options we, we seem to be exhausting all options Which I mean is positive In the hope of trying something that works and maybe it's just randomly throwing stuff onto the walls and seeing what sticks. So how
0: did you think they got on as a, as a pairing?
1: <sighs> well, it, I don't know. I mean, this was probably kind of to jump ahead. Um, I, the interesting thing I want to say about the two defensive center mids in the 4-4-2, it reminded me a lot of maybe that kind of time of um, me coming back off my Wednesday sabbatical and kind of coming back into the... You know, it's probably been for me, you know, a similar interesting we mentioned and leaving, you know, because mm-hmm. he's been covering Wednesday since like 2010, 2000, late 2009, 2010. He's been there for just over 10 years. Yeah. So a similar kind of stint for me in my Wednesday kind of obsession following a, um, a sabbatical of going off into the wilderness. And coming back again. But coming back was kind of around that kind of Brian Law's time. Yeah. Like a similar kind of neck of the woods. And it seemed like very much a, a kind of set two. And, and Luke, you know, were
0: purely, sorry, just to just to so this doesn't get missed. Um, what brought you back into the fold was that video of him jumping over a little river, wasn't it? <laughs> it was indeed, yeah. It was really, really inspiring. This is a uh, man I can get behind. Thank you. <laughs>
1: You make Sorry. it sound like he was uh, Eddie Ed Eagle Edwards of football managers. <laughs> you know, capturing it the hearts. It was such and, a uh,
0: pathetic little stream, wasn't
1: it? It was. He made it look really really a real achievement, though. I think that oh, was... He, he built uh, it
0: up, yeah.
1: He really did. He did a little run-up, and he was doing it in... Uh, he was wearing some nice shoes, I believe, when he did that. I think so. <laughs> the whole thing was impeccably strange. I mean, uh, in the history, there's some kind of brief little... I think there's some brief little things we can kind of put together from kind of a very mediocre Wednesday history. Uh, I think you'd have that in there. I think you'd also have, oh, what's his name? Stephen Bywater eating rice pudding with a toothbrush. Yes. That would go in there. Um, Maybe on a more personal level, the time that I saw Leon Clark rejected from the Sheffield Wednesday car park when he was playing for us. And having having an argument with a steward, that kind of puts that up there. Um, I like the video a lot of somebody on the south stand very loudly doing the James O'Connor chant, and then the <laughs> camera the camera pans round to see a, a sheepish James O'Connor giving a little wave to the camera. That was <laughs> nice. Um, so yeah, yeah, some kind of few kind of odd little odd little bits and bobs from Wednesday kind of history. But the, the bit I want to go back to was thinking about that Brian Laws era of having a very flat defensive centre mid pairing in Sean McAllister and James O'Connor. It felt like an update of that, really. It Interesting. felt like a, a version 1.1, maybe with some added talents through Sam Hutchinson, who we can get on to, but I thought he was really good in this game from what we saw of him. Um but that was interesting because I think the real power, the you know, the similar mentality with that Brian Law side, a lot of it was very focused on the wingers and, you know, getting it forward. Getting yeah. it forward, getting it more kind of direct, getting it forward to those front strikers. So, but maybe in that aspect, I mean, I don't think we did terribly, but we maybe missed, maybe we were kind of missing a real target man to kind of get the ball forward, to kind of spray it out and the second ball's been picked up by... You know, okay, by, yeah. By our pacey wing options.
0: Um, I mean, the, the, one of the better chances uh, early on in the first half was uh, from a Hutchinson pass, wasn't it? Sort of uh, 17, 18 minutes in. Oh, yes. Uh, picked out Murphy. Murphy sort Burbles. of pulled wide of his his fullback and then darted in behind him to to, to uh, get on the end of Hutchinson's brilliant. Long pass. And, that was uh, such
1: an astonishing ping forward. It was it was beyond Hollywood. It's the next generation of Hollywood ball. That was that was, uh, <laughs> something fantastic.
0: And he he hit a similar sort of maybe he liked that sort of finish because it was the same sort of finish he scored against Leeds with, uh, sort of very hard and low at the at the near post of the goalkeeper. But near yeah, post rifling, yes. Yeah, the uh, QPR keeper was uh, was equal to it at this time, uh, uh, when, whereas the the Leeds keeper let it roll home. Uh, but that yeah, that was a great great pass and brave from him because I think one of the last you know he, he's he's messed up with some of those passes before and, and we've given away goals uh, when he sort of passed it to the fullback in those situations. But that was a great great raking ball in in behind the, uh, the oh. lovely to see. Mm-hmm. So how did him and Pe- how did how did you feel him and Pelle Pessi worked as so? It, it, I, I I know what you're talking about, James O'Connor and uh, Sean McAllister. I also remember when o'connor and potter would play together that classic duo um what would the surprising thing there was that o'connor would kind of sit and potter would was charged with more of the running around when we were when we were sort of defensive in our defensive shape um which you'd think would be the other way around because that, that is mainly that what is, o'connor did that is just baffling yeah <laughs> <laughs> but do you did so who was sort of pressing who was on the front foot between uh Pelo and and Hutchinson? I don't know because I I genuinely felt I didn't really
1: see I mean Pelopesi's a player who I don't know maybe you could put in a different you'd put it in the same category but in a different sense as Kieran Lee. Is that sometimes Kieran Lee's best games you don't really see much of him? Yeah. You know, and then but pelopesi you don't really see much of him, and that's a more defensive mentality,
0: I think. Um, so you don't, you don't really ever see. He's, he's quite at best. I think. You he, know? I think those who are generous to Peli Pessi, and uh, I'm sometimes numbered amongst them. I think he does a lot of work closing off channels. So by it's virtue you don't actually you know that it's the pass that's not played the pass that's not available so he's not ma- even making an interception because he's just he stopped the pass coming
1: and I'm going to say something really dam- damning about Joey Pelopassi here uh, <laughs> do, you, do you think the games where he is more active and he sees more of the ball and he is more like he often like that often causes him to, to like play some really bad passes, and be really terrible. Yes. <laughs> so that's more of a, a chance to shine in a negative way, really. I don't, I don't know. I, I struggle a lot with Joey Palopessi as a professional football player.
0: Well, you know, this is one of the this is one of the internal conflicts at the heart of different gravy that just you know it make this is this makes it must listen. You know what what will we say about Joey Palopessi this week? Um, you know, I, I'm broadly a fan, Luke. Broadly hates Joey Palupersi. Wants wants him to be banished from the from the team and ne- his face never seen again. Um, now I, I, don't, I don't I don't I know what you mean uh, because it, I would even me as somebody who who as I say <laughs> generally fairly favorable opinion of of Pelopassi, I think he can do a job. Um, mm. Yeah, well, that's, that's sort of damning with faint praise. It, it probably is to an extent, but, but then uh, I, I think but, he, but he's limited. He's very limited.
1: Yes, yes. I, 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 think the thing I want to say is he can do a job. It's just the question: what do we is. do we? Well, what the fuck is that job? Sorry, and um, <laughs> Sorry. and also, do we do we need that job being done? <laughs> I think that's like a, a more kind of overarching philosophical kind of question. Kind of reading. Of uh, Joey P, uh, I the, think most, there's certain
0: the most, games the, the from Heracles <laughs> I think there's certain games where he is <coughs> a vital sort of extra safety blanket for the team. And he's played, <laughs> so he's played ten. He's played ten times this season. <laughs> and we, so we beat Barnsley, we beat Rotherham, we lost to Everton, but that was kind of a hide, hiding to nothing game. Beat Wigan, drew with Leeds. Uh, lost to blackburn beat bristol beat brighton beat leeds and beat qpr i mean he's nearly always involved in us winning winning the game so do you think uh joey Pelopesi is a footballing hot water bottle <laughs> yes in many ways in many ways yeah he's the people's hot water bottle <laughs> I I think what he when he's doing his job well which is granted like so many of our players not a thing that you can always rely on but when he's doing his job well he gives the other players in the midfield a lot more freedom to roam and I think they tend to shine when he's when he's there because they don't need to worry about right getting back and covering their backsides quite so much. Which is maybe interesting
1: because that's the interesting thing that I think we saw. And I mean, I've really just kind of maybe in a, in a sense of a limited sub bannon midfield that mm-hmm. doesn't have any doesn't have any, any wee baz to kind of prop it up with. Yes. Um, you know, we've we talked about like an, an impeccable an impeccable uh, Diag from uh, from Sammy Hutchinson. Oh. And so maybe that kind of allows, you know, Hutchinson to be a bit more creative. I think we saw a little bit of that.
0: I maybe. would think he probably has, has more of an effect on Hutch than just about anybody. But the same thing happens with uh, Bannon as well, in that, um, yeah, they both try and inhabit that space, don't they? As we've talked about, when they play together, it's sort of they're falling over, over each other's toes to... Mm to sit deep uh, sort of between the centre-backs. But when Pelopessi plays, that's absolutely his job. He's not really supposed to do anything else other than sit in that space. So the other two have to find something else to do, and usually it's helpful for the team.
1: So here's the interesting thing. So this very kind of seemingly flat defensive CMs in a 4-4-2, um, then essentially we're making a lot of long pings and balls out to very pacey, very dangerous wingers in Murphy and Harris, to use their pace, to, to spend a very long, meandering Kind of narrative to answer your initial question um they should be the ones then whipping in balls and crosses for win all and roads to seemingly yeah. lap up and for some reason maybe that didn't happen today uh yesterday in the game um,
0: yeah so, so see we had that was,
1: good sorry go on it was difficult to then say how how well are these two strikers performing as part of the partnership I'd, they were both on the same pitch. It wasn't like they were in different places. It looked that way. So there was a degree of a partnership, but there wasn't really much interplay between them, really. I mean, in the that kind of long ball role, they're also kind of dropping deep to kind of win headers. Yeah. And they're both not particularly fantastic at that. They did some harrying and running around, but I, I don't know whether this is a... I, I still am unsure as to whether this is a partnership that could work strike-wise. Yeah... Maybe to I be generous, was, you say it didn't work in the in the game against QPR. To be generous. To be
0: generous. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, obviously the goal really had nothing to do with e- either of them. Uh, the f- the first goal and then the second goal happens once Rhodes has left the pitch. It's uh, we, we well we can go around in circles because we've talked about how this is we we're in a very poor predicament when it comes to strikers mm. when. The case you could make for Rhodes and all is they're both players with tremendous goal-scoring records everywhere else about from at Wednesday. And there's a bit of a natural partnership to them in that I don't think Rhodes competes particularly well in, in the air for his his size, but he's he's six foot plus, so he should get his share of, of flick-ons. And I think Winall has got... A decent engine he doesn't mind sort of getting around and putting himself about a bit so kind of theoretically it's not a terrible choice mm. for a, a, a partnership up top but it just doesn't in in practice it's just never quite looked convincing uh and because uh, carlos when we signed them both that's what that was his first choice for a, a number of weeks And it looked, the first couple of games looked like, oh, wow, this is going to be so good. We're going to get so many goals from these two. And then it very quickly went the opposite direction in that that I think that's why we've had such a long time between that and seeing seeing them play together again. Because for some reason, it just really, really, really doesn't work. Mm. Um, So... Yeah, it's tricky. So in terms of that, that game plan going forward, if you've got two, you're kind of having to play it long because we don't have a natural kind of attacking ball player midfielder. Mm. you then, <laughs> you've got two strikers that don't do particularly, compete particularly well in the air. And they're, they're playing against, I oh, mean, QPR have got that kind of wily old Fox centre-back, um, Lufthuizer or something like that is his name? Some, mm. What's his name? Uh, Leistner. I've made him much more German sounding than he is. Luftwaffe. Which is. Which is uh, Luftwaffe. Uh, <laughs> he's just called Tony Leisner It's not actually quite as silly as you might think. <laughs> But you know, there's the sort of night that probably even Atty would have had some some grumbles and so, a, a bit of a, a tussle with that guy. Did, neither of those two are going to get much change out of him, I would have thought. So we're trying to spring that trap of playing in the wingers, but that requires a very very good ball to be played and um, a very well timed run and and the fullback falling asleep to an extent as well. Well, the interesting thing was, I think it, it kind of
1: worked, and this was yeah. It's just in terms of the kind of balls to the strikers weren't quite there.
0: Okay. The there game. was a good chance. I'm just on, on <coughs> our, the highlights here, are sort of 22 minutes, 23 minutes. Murphy just sort of stepped outside his fullback and, and whipped a good early ball in that mm. kind of bounces off roads. He makes a really good run to the front post roads and I think completely misses it. Yeah. So oh, that was the interesting thing. And then, I also think we, we saw quite a bit of
1: the other stuff of, like, you know, uh, Harris on the left as well doing his oh, yeah. um Nearly got a bit of joy right at the death from doing that. Um, that was him
0: from, from the right-hand side. He got he had that really great chance, didn't he?
1: Yes, he did, where he kind of brought it in, you know, took it through a couple of players and then just whipped one just wide. Um, should we Should we kind of go through this game in kind of a bit of a chronological order? Go
0: for it. Uh, you were watching the game rich i i i was patchy with the first half and then managed to watch all of the second half on the on the aforementioned terrible uh bt stream and so, i
1: was listening at work and then i actually managed to subscribe to a service to watch me to let me watch the game back so i've i've watched quite quite a bit of the game i would say that's good um yeah i mean the you know just going back to the wingers like there was some good stuff in the first half um you know, Atabajo had a quite a decent kind of cross that he whipped in. Okay, and and then it came to like a really interesting Murphy cor- corner, which I think was nice, but didn't really do what Murphy kind of wanted. It okay. was kind of a long raking ball that kind of clipped the bar and kind of caused some okay. you know, chaos. Some caused some kittens for their keeper. Yeah, um, and uh, you know, yeah, we we had some quite a bit of joy from like I said, those those long raking passes into space for both Harris and Murphy to run into, and they had some. They had some good times against the QPR fullbacks good. in this yeah. game, also. Um, and and really, I guess there wasn't. You know, it, it was it was pretty kind of compact. We looked pretty good. Uh, we had a really good defensive shape. Typically, you know a lot of the times when they were we were defending, it was all ten men behind the ball in a pretty pretty kind of cohesive kind of shape. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of pretty much the mentality. And then really everything kind of pootled along with a few kind of smatterings of chances. Uh, other than I just I noticed there was an absolute fantastic hutch tackle on the 30, 31st minute, which was really something that was really kind of uh, really kind of rolled back the years to some kind of classic vintage Sam Hutchinson. Nice, nice Just Some real thumping, thumping, kind of decisive classic English football tackle yes. that we kind of known and loved from him. Um, but really everything was kind of, and actually that was a man again, Sam Hutchinson, who had a bit of a genius uh, play in the goal at the 43rd minute mark. Of which yeah, great, we had great, quick, quick
0: thinking. Yeah,
1: just brilliant, quick thinking to get that and then chuck it into space. The brilliant thing as well was from the coverage. I, don't know, I imagine you probably had the same feed and the same edited angles, but whoever the QPR player who knew he lost out was pointing after Fox. yes. And then the camera then cuts to Fox running into the box. And uh, the grandmaster of chess, Fox Morgan, also knows that sometimes a way to outwit his opponent is to play the unexpected ball. The unexpected ball was basically shooting it straight at the keeper. (laughs) And uh, Joe Lumley. Um, basically represented uh, Joanna Lumley then as a goalkeeper um, in the way (laughs) of dealing with it. And Luke thought, absolutely fabulous. And the analogy ends there as I could not work any more terrible puns as Joanna Lumley has not been significantly in many things I can work into this analogy. I could not not work Sapphire and Steel into this analogy. Um, (laughs) But yeah, it was a real... uh, Chris packety and kind of uh, dealing from it with uh, from Joe Lumley, and we were one nil ahead.
0: It's, I mean, it really is. A, it should be such an easy save and a terrible shot. I mean, it was really not a good shot at all. There was there was no pace to it either. <laughs> it's such a terrible bit of goalkeeping. Good job we don't have a goalkeeper that makes terrible mistakes like that. Oh no, Never he says, ever. foreshadowing. <laughs> <laughs> Which was funny
1: because I did look at Joe Lumley and I, th- I think he's probably a similar age and a similar look to Cameron Dawson.
0: Yeah, but kind I of like he's also. Lucky, fairhead.
1: Probably someone with a lot more, as I look from his Wikipedia, a lot more kind of loan spells, a lot more experience playing at uh, various tiers of English football. But uh, but again, a similar mentality, like a young goalkeeper there, blooding into a, a number one spot, supposedly. Yeah, it was Why a makes to- some <laughs> While I make some difficult and. Uh, Nasty kind of plays on people's name to just name calling uh, Elias' chair. He should have really been called Elias' sofa because he's a chunky lad with a low center of gravity who needs to be moved by two men when you move. <laughs>
0: Do you know what I felt? <laughs> Do you know what I felt looking at the goal? It felt like the sort of goal we concede all the time. Yes. Kind of yes. sloppy. The other team is acting, you know, is in the moment and we are. You know, kind of looking around and waiting for the waiting for the match to restart, and they are they are t- they are grasping the nettle and making things happen, and then scoring very tamely and easily uh, with almost no response from from the team around them who all point and wave and gesticulate and actually don't do anything to rectify the mistakes they've made that it felt so reminiscent of lots of goals that Wednesday have conceded I'm thinking particularly that one against Cardiff uh, at Hillsborough it felt exactly like that where everybody stood around with their hands up whilst their player just poked it home Mm. um So, yeah, well, well done, Captain Fox Morgan. He took, you know, he took the initiative and uh, grabbed his goal. Good on him. A wily cunning fox. A wily uh, cunning fox. That's Fox Morgan. He should, uh, he should just dye his hair grey so we can call him a silver fox already. I mean, the, life is waiting for that moment where it all comes together. Like Benjamin Button, where, you know, the whole film of Benjamin Button is planned around Brad Pitt looking like sexy Brad Pitt in the 1950s with the leather jacket on. Uh, the whole of Captain Fox Morgan's life is around that moment where he turns grey and everybody gets to call him a silver fox. We're just building to that crescendo and I I for one just hope he makes it happen right away Mm -hmm. that's the Lord Mayor show of his life you know and let's skip to it let's get to skip to the end and get it done (laughs) sorry um so so since you um since you kind of joined in a lot from the second half how did you
1: think the I'll let you take the mantle of analysis on this one Rich how did you think the the second half
0: kicked off I thought I, th- I thought the, the, the sort of whole game, sort of, fe- it felt the same. That you know, reading the kind of bits and pieces from the first half and the bits that I'd, I'd seen from the first half, it, it felt like a, a lot more of the same. To be honest, I, I was su- really surprised how, for a team that you and I have both described as one of the better teams to have played us this season at Hillsborough, wow. I was really surprised how kind of they did. It's not that they didn't make chances; they did make chances, uh, and they've got. Obviously, Hugh Gill is is a is a very decent player. Um, they brought on Wells towards the end, and uh, and Eze or Eze is is a phenomenal talent. But it, I, th- I thought we just did a pretty good job of keeping them at arm's length by and large. Oh,
1: completely. Yeah. I mean, they they looked particularly ordinary, and it was interesting for the fact of that. The fact that they do have some players that I I think we do kind of bat our lashes. At. I mean, I I'd really like a Nappy Wells. And I I think there's some rumour mill that Naki Wells is basically on loan to them And I think to the point where I think Burnley are looking to mainly do a permanent sale to a couple of clubs Maybe Bristol and Forest Yeah, they're they're looking
0: to cash in the chips, aren't they?
1: They are indeed And and Naki Wells, who who I I think should never have been signed by a Premier League side Because I think he's very much the epitome of a championship striker Who doesn't really ever seem to do it at Premier league level but everybody's but Burnley, yeah
0: Burnley that's their stock in trade isn't it I mean their ho- their whole front line is they're all right in the championship let's give them a go in the premier league and some Yeah because you've got you got your man Chris Wood. <laughs> your man Chris Wood. And yeah, um, does all that type of stuff yeah Jay so,
1: Rodriguez is still Jay Rodriguez yes buying a trade there. Yeah indeed so but I'm kind of, I was kind of surprised that he was a player who kind of took the took the step up to come back down again. But mm-hmm. I'm sure he's paid a lovely wage at, oh, yeah. Burn, at Burnley. And mm-hmm. uh, and Jordan Hugel as well, who's um, a lovable kind of – he looks like a bit of a – the man's drawn like a kind of Beano character. He's a bit of a Noik, isn't he? He is. And, he uh, is. But a really good striker and one who absolutely tore us apart at Hillsborough and has caused numerous uh, problems at Hillsborough on a few occasions. So, yeah, I I would like a lot of their striking options very much. I was disappointed. I think we were linked pretty heavily with Hugel at one point. But I think the problem was at the time, it was like, well, we really needed to get rid of uh, Rhodes to make that happen. And the timing just didn't work out. And I think that's when QPR kind of uh, jumped in and, uh, you know, made that one one immaterial.
0: Sorry. Do you think uh, you know? We've had various sort of transfer fixer types uh, at Hillsborough in in the last few years. Um, that that refrain of we were going to get X, but we couldn't move Jordan Rhodes out in time uh, must be a fairly familiar refrain. And and for some reason I've just I'm just picturing that kind of you know that faceless, nameless transfer fixer type person. I, I, I'm just picturing them. Um, like early days of the simpsons where uh where it's like homer uh just uh yeah just go jordan uh, again and again and again just uh, cutting back to this scene of uh, a dark a dimly lit office and somebody plugging away up the phones till till midnight on transfer deadline day and once again cursing the name of Jordan Rhodes for, for staying put uh yes. yeah well um you're right I mean that, that our front line uh, full of players we've shown interest in before full of players that uh have are having to tr- i mean uh, Hugill's having a tremendous season so far and so Naki wells is is racking up lots of goals so no, there's no wonder that he's kind of attracting interest from elsewhere um it's just a bit disappointing we're not one of those teams that's kind of nibbling around uh him the, the kind of recall and uh being interested in him full time but uh I just I don't understand. I think it's a lot to do with the policy, but I mean, especially when we look at some of
1: the, you know, here are the wages for Premier League clubs. I mean, we have we have been a team previously who've gone and made, and we've, you know, we've we've gone and got a few bargains. You know, yeah. we, we picked up uh, Forestieri for. I mean, especially for that first season, three million for Forestieri was a very impeccably good deal. Um, The money, probably a similar fee that we spent for Gary Hooper, you know, classic, you know, a bit of business. I'm almost wondering at this point, everything's just very short termist thinking I don't know why maybe some of the money we're spending, maybe we just outweigh some transfer fees. Uh,
0: Yeah, you've got to think there's a bit of a, there's a part of the mindset of Wednesday will be cautious, um because the EFL situation is what it is and um they particularly seem to dislike kind of then flouting the rules so going out and spending is is kind of thumbing our noses in that way but then the other there must be a big part of thinking well let's just go for it <laughs> we're in a decent ish position. Um, uh-huh who knows how long we'll be able to sort of hold off whatever punishment comes because they can say, oh, you've been charged with X. Then presumably we've got the ability to challenge it. So there's there's probably a good chance that it maybe doesn't come into play this season. I I don't
1: know. But I mean, also, to be fair, I mean, we've we've been in this position before and this is the reason why we have our striking partnership with Jordan Rhodes, and maybe to a lesser degree, Sam or who... I don't know, I think if we just... I mean, looking at 2020's hindsight, you know, hindsight is 2020, but yeah. yeah, it would have been okay if we just signed Winall.
0: I think it's... A, yeah, you're right. I think it's unfair to... to Although they happened at the same time, I think it's quite unfair to lump Winall in with Rhodes because he cost next to nothing, really. For a, stri- for a striker in his position... Oh, yeah. He was, you know, fit, in form, um, good age and we paid less than half a million pounds for him. So that was, I think that was good opportunism. And the chances are whenever, unless, unless we get, let him go on a free, we probably could have sold Winnell for what we paid for him several times. I would have thought, mm. so that is quite different to the, the position of Jordan Rhodes, where we, we overspent on what looks like a spent force. And we just, nobody will ever pay him the wages we're paying him again. Nobody will ever pay what we paid for him again. So it's just how much do we lose on jordan Rhodes rather than mm. there being any any gain but i've no doubt we could have if we if we made the decision we probably could have sold winall for a profit on what we paid for him because he still got a, a fairly decent pedigree uh despite his his long term injury and that's the other factor that we we sort of couldn't couldn't build in really was it was him getting that pretty significant injury
1: uh and, you know, we talked about this QPR's the, the strike force yes. of the second half. And I've noted that the 65th minute, that was the first shot on target for, I should have written QPR. I've actually written WPR um, in my notes, which I,
0: I would also say, Wubbish Park Rangers. Wubbish. They, were, they were Wubbish. Yeah. I, I think that was the overwhelming feeling was I just couldn't believe this was the same team that had looked, I mean, basically constantly dangerous at Hillsborough. Mm. They, they made chance after chance and it just felt like we were holding them off the whole time uh, at Hillsborough. You know, we were just desperately clinging on. And then this game, it was sort of like we were able to stop them midway through our half pretty convincingly more often than not. Or the, or they ran down cul-de-sacs. Uh, they had a couple of... I think probably their best chance was that strange... the uh, That, that Leissner sort of seemed to miss kick a pass uh but it fell perfectly for uh Pugh in the middle of our in the middle of our goal and he he made a good turn into the box and and kind of tangled with Tom Lee's uh I, I've no doubt that Tom Lee's took possession of the ball so it definitely wasn't a foul it wasn't a penalty but I think that was their kind of one of their best opportunities that they created I think there was also one that that Wells passed up wasn't there um I'm trying to think when that ha- when that happened in the uh in the timeline but yeah by and large held them off I think so we dealt with them
1: pretty handily and there's a lot of great defensive work in that second half I mean they came out you know they came out and stepped up their game and we just we dealt with them pretty damn comfortably I would say it's easier to kind of watch a game back from the uh from the Wait, advantage you know. when you know I mean when I was listening to that second half um it it seemed a little bit like they should have been doing better QPR striking wise but when I kind of look back and watch the game and that second half I was like we we dealt with them pretty well there wasn't really much danger or much troubling from QPR.
0: I think they kept... I don't know. Yeah, because obviously they've got some good movement. They've got good players. So they had those half... It was like the sort of chances we create. You know, we've talked before that we're not a team that's making we're not missing sitters every single game, but we get these like half chances and moments that could turn into things. And mm. we, those are the moments we maybe don't capitalize on. And I think that's the best that QPR really had. There was a couple of times, particularly when they made the, um, the change to, to, um, Oh dear. I've forgotten the guy's name. That's really a shame. <laughs> uh, they brought on the winger to play against Fox, uh, for Clark, uh, yeah, so uh, that, that sort of uh, sixty-six minute mark, they brought on Asai Samuel, and a few times he managed to get one-on-one with Fox, and he's really quick, so he kind of got in behind Fox, but it was it was halfway into our half, it wasn't anywhere near the box, he didn't seem to want to or have the ability to cross early, so. It was just snuff, snuffed out. Reach and and Fox were able to get back and deal with it, or or Hutch or Pelipessi were able to get across and sort of nip it in the bud. And really, they were they were limited to pretty much yeah those sort of things. Some of those moments they did better with than others. Um, somebody else had a decent chance that that sort of burner uh, just touched it wide of the post. <coughs> Sorry, but by, by no means was that you know there's no guilt edge chances really that they were passing up.
1: Hmm. Um, what else can I kind of really say from the second half? Let's kind of go chronologically at the 77th minute. Do you, I, do you feel New you should have done way, way better with that
0: chance? That's when it kind of fell between the goalkeeper and the, or oh, the two defenders. And he, he was, he sort of ran straight into the goalkeeper. Yeah. 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 Definitely should have done better with that. Um, the other thing, so what, what did you think of uh, of Hunt when he came on? So H- Hutch got injured, which is a real shame, having looked so bright in the first half. Uh, Sam Hutchinson, and set, setting up the goal, Sam Hutchinson went off with an injury. I know, so
1: really, I, I, I felt that maybe this should probably be a game which Hunt could really stamp his forest or like look to really show and impress. I, I don't know if it was quite there for him, in that kind of aspect. I, I
0: liked, <laughs> towards the end, I, I thought he was making some bold choices i think he's obviously very slight he looks very young uh obviously he is a young player but sometimes players come through and like uh our our friend O U, um he's a he's a rounded out athlete he's a he's a big lad hunt looks looks like a little kid you know he's thin Uh. uh, slightly built uh but I thought I thought he came on and looked pretty decent all round. Uh, he didn't look overwhelmed by the the situation. Uh, obviously, not the same level of of uh, tackler and um, you know defensive force that Sam Hutchinson is. But they had a couple of bright moments, and there was one really brave moment just prior to us scoring. The ball fell to him, and he kind of played a he played this like curved pass. I'm trying to... it's doesn't... I'm doing things with my hands, which really doesn't work well on the podcast. But he, he, was, he was inside their half and sort of curved a pass round to Odabajo through about three or four players. And clearly he had a a picture in his head about about what he was you know what he was going to do if i get the ball here this is the pass i'm going to play and he played it brilliantly but that was a brave ball to play because two or three qpr players potentially could have nicked in and got that and been then running running through on goal we were under very little pressure and we were very much in a kind of attacking formation um and i thought that's a pretty bold pass for a young lad to play in this situation so he's not mm. capped. um so i think there were there were things to pick out i I like the um I like the knockdown from um New You
1: and then he basically Hunt just thought I'm gonna swing my foot through this. Yes, yeah. That was another you good moment. It was a it was a good moment to see from a young player. Not something I love seeing is you know I mean we're we had the we had the cushion of a one goal advantage. I'm not too amends to midfielders uh, yes, you know, speculatively it, uh, swinging it their foot through a ball, but uh it's nice to see from a player in that position.
0: Well, I think the worry is, and I think most of what he did was just keep things ticking over and and you know don't don't mess up. But a lot of young players get stuck in just that bit, and you never get to see the other bits and pieces. So I think that's one of the things that's been that was so pleasing with uh, with OU coming through Urugide uh, was that actually he's not just keeping his position, keeping his shape, marking his man. He's also, when he gets the ball, he's taking a couple of touches. He's picking out a pass. He's he's maybe even moving forward with the ball. Those are the extra bits and pieces that show, OK, maybe this kid's got something about him. Because I think most people could come on, most players who've got to that level of, if you're 19 and still with an academy, hopefully you can come on and just play simple passes and not make ho- howling mistakes, hopefully. <laughs> You should be at that stage but it's those little extra bits where it's like okay so he's got the confidence to as i say play that spot that pass and play it really well he's got the confidence to to take that shot on wasn't a great volley but the nice thing is he didn't think oh well no I shouldn't do that I've got to just keep the ball keep it moving past to new you pass to the senior players so mm. yeah there's there's bits and pieces there i'm not I'm not calling for him to uh, <laughs> <laughs> to be a, a starter next week, but I think there was there was some positive signs. Um, so the, the, the we also uh, took Murphy off for reach. Um, Murphy was uh, the BBC's man of the match from the game. How do you well, feel it, about
1: that? <laughs> um, I well actually, I'm, I'm not I'm not that far off with that. I don't want to okay. kind of uh, spoil the player ratings, but I, I think he did very very well. Um, yeah. I don't think that's too bad.
0: That's good. It's just he wasn't on the even he wasn't on the pitch for a, a bit of time and and obviously one of the the goals as well. But uh, no, I, th- I mean it, he looked dangerous. He looked direct, didn't he? That's that's the best of Murphy is when he gets out of his head and just plays. I think he gets out of his own way, uh, as as someone might say. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, so Reach came on and Reach went to the left wing and Murphy played on the right, which was a, a sort of nice change for Murphy. We've not seen him very often on the right, but it's generally been quite a nice experience seeing him on the on the right wing. Uh, mm-hmm. And we talked about he had that, that great chance late on where he cut in and tried to do that kind of Henri curling finish into the far post. Uh, On his left foot, but it didn't quite come off Which it rarely does come off, unfortunately If he scored If he scored like one in three or four Of those, he'd be quite the player Mm, Agreed And then the last sub was Ati Nui for for Jordan Rhodes Which I thought was fair, I thought that was a good substitution I
1: thought all of them were were decent Substitutions Um, I'm glad to see Rich come on And yeah, I thought it it was Pretty good
0: substitutions from Monk, I'd say Interestingly, um, having mentioned his name uh, last week, uh, we did have uh, a fan of the show, uh, uh, Mark Edges, did uh, question the, the mention of his name. But, but it was interesting to see Borokov actually make the bench in this game. Um, maybe gives an idea that he's not a, a million miles away from being given, given a run out. It may well be a um, you know, kind of last roll of the dice after we try all the different combinations of strikers we currently have. Uh, but, you know, he, he on another day, maybe we would have seen Borokov come on the come on and play in that game. Uh, but knew you did his usual little 15-minute cameo where he... <laughs> He had that chance, but the, the, the defenders panicked and nearly handed him a, an opportunity. I um, mm. also uh, want to give a,
1: a shout out to the lovely long ball from Reach, which was just really great, quick thinking. Oh yeah. So just kind of punt it forward. Definitely, yeah.
0: I, I, and then obviously Atty again was involved in the in the second goal. Uh, yes, playing the ball, ball out to Rhodes, and uh, oh, and that was,
1: uh, that was a real, absolutely beautiful, lovely ball out from New You to uh, to Reach that was um, you know he has those weird moments where like we said he evokes he evokes the spirit of other players and uh, lovely kind of place ball out to the side to reach reach kind of knotted on and then you know put over a kind of just a brilliant
0: ball into space it's a great and it's absolutely brilliant cross by reach that it was it really so is. clever and precise it, it made winall's job so easy because it was so good <laughs> yeah it was just so perfectly weighted. It was right in his path. And effectively from all then, it's like that. I mean, I'm sure he was... It's almost so good you gulp, I think, as a, as a striker. Because it's the sort of pass that makes it, you should score this. I'm not asking you to stretch. You're not having to speed up. You're not having to slow down. This is perfectly in your path. That I've taken the defender out of the game. And what you need to do is now slot it home. And he did a beautiful job. For a guy that's only scored one goal this season... Great finish from from Sam Winnall. Hey, it was fun... just
1: lovely, yeah. Just a perfect weighted pass and then just the perfect kind of reaction and that first-time finish to just casually slot it. Just wide of uh, Joanna Lumley.
0: Joanna Lumley, just put it past Joanna Lumley. Uh, what was the thing where she made um, shoes out of her bra called? <coughs> Girl, Girl Friday? Something like that? Something like that, yes. Made yeah, made made Joe Lumley look a real girl Friday. Girl Friday slipping about on his bra shoes, Um, (laughs) and he he absolutely loved scoring that goal as as well. Win all like he (laughs) he was chuffed to bits. So then. the weirdest bit of the game happened yes. where where Julian Burner simple pass back to Cam Dawson and despite the fact that there was clearly a QPR player between him and Julian Burner he decided to pass it straight back to Julian Burner um and inadvertently passed it to Naki Wells who finished off with a plum, <laughs> and then we had a panicked last two or three minutes which we didn't need. (laughs) We'd been very, very comfortable. But in true Wednesday fashion, we somehow
1: found a place to really dig deep and uh, (laughs) claw out that real sense of panic that we can just give to our, uh, you know, we can just give to our supporters. So Wednesday, uh,
0: yeah, a classic Wednesday performance. And Dawson kind of like chested it down from the corner afterwards as well. Very weird. (laughs) It was a very weird little like, panicked few moments
1: i also want to kind of add so prior to that the 84th minute so just as a slight addendum mm. um the 84th minute wait, well naki wells had a free kick which he basically decided to do a very kind of tame shot at dawson oh, i man. really enjoyed the commentator saying i don't know if you had the same commentator and he would only know what he was thinking of there <laughs>
0: Oh, it was dreadful that free kick! Absolutely I awful. Tried
1: to replicate the pausing of the timing that the uh, the commentator had there. So hopefully, hopefully, I captured it. Whatever uh, <laughs> gen- generic commentator had uh, had kind of added to that kind of slice, but that really summed up. I mean, we really needed to absolutely gift QPR a goal in this scenario because outside of that, you know, we were pretty well competent and pretty. Pretty up to handling with them
0: at all times, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, this was a, 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 unbelievably after losing five <laughs> last week. This was just a hugely competent performance. I mean, we didn't have to be much better than OK to beat QPR. And I think uh, Warburton, their, their manager, sort of said afterwards, we, I feel like we've gone out without really giving it a try and yeah, I would agree. I mean, they they, they just did. There was just didn't amount to much their uh, their efforts, to be honest. And uh, we we just kept ourselves that little bit ahead of them all the way through the game and uh, took the win pretty convincingly. Uh, although the scoreline doesn't look quite as convincing as maybe it should have been. Mm. <laughs> um, so we'll go on and uh, and rate the players. Uh, in a second but just feels natural to kind of roll on because we've got the by the time we uh we have the next podcast we will have played twice um so in terms of that the the game on Tuesday how how do you feel what do you think we can take away from today's game and uh how, how do you feel going into that on the back of the last couple of performances and and particularly yeah yesterday's performance
1: I yeah I generally feel pretty kind of positive going into that away game just because I mean, I, f- I think for the mentality, we're really setting ourselves up as an away team. You know, we yeah. are. In a, that is our identity right now. So I I feel a lot more a lot more excited about an away game where we sit deep, we soak up pressure, we attack on the counter, we use that kind of power and pace we have in the wings. You know, to. <coughs> excuse me, um, to to find ourselves, you know, to get that advantage and to get those goals and to kind of put ourselves in front. You know, I feel a lot more confident in that situation rather than being a home team. And then basically the pressure on us to actually bring in, start the game too, which seems to be kind of against Monk's ethos mm. and against the way that we're setting our team up. So it, it doesn't go well. Um, it shouldn't really ever go as well as it should against, um, you know, against Blackburn, no. which was just an absolute aberrant abhorrence of a result. Yeah. Um, but, I, yeah, I feel a lot more kind of um, optimistic about these away performances that we have coming up and the ones that we've put together and the ones that we have. And I feel in that position, um, I feel like coming up against Wigan in that situation, I feel like Wigan in a position there in, a team looking for points I think it might kind of give the ethos and the impetus for them to try and bring the game to us. Yeah. And I think if if we're up to speed and if we
0: um, prepare ourselves well enough, um, we should be good. We should have those gaps to, to, to pick holes in and uh, and make things happen, shouldn't we? I, I, I yeah, I'm of so. the same mind. I I, I, so. Yeah, I think it's a game to look forward to, and uh, yeah, he's hoping we can we can pick up another another three points. I, I, I won't feel like we've kind of recovered from that Blackburn result until we see the team at, at home again, because as you say, it's like a tale of two teams away from home, where this team that can go and you know beat Premier League teams in the cup, beat the league leaders, um, you know ha- comfortably handle one of the better teams in the in the in the whole division. Uh, at home, we are in a terrible run of form. Uh, you know, three losses in, in on the trot, and really looking, pretty, you know, one goal in three games as well. It's a that's a pretty damning bit of you know run of games that we've had. So, I don't know what what the answer will be, but I, I'm I'm intrigued to see how we get on. I wish it wasn't somebody as Awful as Millwall because they're the just they're the sort of team that you just hate to play anytime. But whilst we're kind of in the doldrums a bit at home, that's going to be a it's going to be a very tricky fixture coming up. Um, okay, so let's just have a look at just in terms of the, there's a couple of uh, interesting statistics from from the game against QPR. So Morgan Fox has only ever scored six goals in his whole career, and two of them against uh, against QPR. Um, so he loves playing against the Hoops. Mm. Um, and then the other thing is that that's the first time that we've beaten QPR in six games uh, because they've been a bit of a bogey team for us uh, they, they've won the last four running so uh, so nice to turn that around a bit and it would be nice if we can carry that into our, our game towards the end of the season at their place as well So, Cameron Dawson Cameron Dawson, this is a difficult one to
1: call again, it's, it's another situation I felt that um, it was a little bit similar to another Cameron Dawson performance of previous games where basically I said, well I'd really like to give him a really nice score but then he pulled a clanger out of his. Uh, yes. He pulled a clanger rabbit out of his hat, <laughs> and very much in uh, the mentality of Westwood, and um, kind of brought his score down. So I've gone for a seven. Um, I thought he was confident. He made some good saves. He claimed the ball well. I thought his kicking was a lot better than usual. I would have said. And yeah, you know, yeah, he would have got a higher mark barred the error that he just absolutely, you know, just just uh, it didn't even look like the pass to Wells. It didn't even look like a, a shank, because it was just so perfect. Oh, I,
0: I think he just was trying to fizz it straight back to Berner, but hadn't obviously looked at the fact that all of his options were closed off for a short pass. There was nobody in the back four he could have passed to. I, I,
1: yes. I don't know why he didn't do what he was doing for most of the game and just uh, uh it forward. Yes. Yeah.
0: You know, uh, and he's, and, yeah. frankly, lucky that that didn't lead to anything you know it's just the sort of thing that flies back in your face isn't it giving away a goal like that against the run of play completely. You know, yeah. yeah, so yeah I think lucky to not be the villain of the piece in, in some ways but it's a shame because all the rest of it had been so good very much so Um so yeah you're happy with a 7 you think I think so yeah senior? I think that
1: seems like a good score a man of a similar mentality to me
0: yes yes uh, so then we'll go the um you know the man that came in from the cold, Moses Odubajo. He uh, spent forty days, uh, <laughs> he spent four years out in the wilderness, like uh, like his namesake. He Sorry. did indeed.
1: <laughs> um, so I'm going to give Moses a seven. I thought it was a decent, fine performance. He was pretty solid overall, and he had some nice contributions, both defensively and uh, attacking as well. I mentioned he did a really nice cross in the first half. So
0: yeah. They're another team a bit like that you know, there's there's still some there was still some bits of that evoked memories of, of Blackburn because they kind of have that um, you know, lots of lots of exciting attacking players that like to kind of all move around. But uh he he coped really well with that today. And uh yeah, I think I think sevens a, a fair fair shout for him as well. Mm-hmm. Um the returning captain, Tom
1: Lees. Tom Lees, I went for a seven for um, maybe I wonder if people can kind of uh, see f- and uh, hear from my ratings of Tom Lees. Maybe I'm not still completely convinced about Tom <laughs> Lees yeah. in the uh, in Wednesday 11 right now. I'm really glad he's still at the club, you know, etc., etc. Um, I went for a seven. I thought he was fine. It was a perfectly perfectly fine Tom Lees performance.
0: Yeah, I think probably I'd be inclined to, to give both the centre backs at least a seven and a half just because. I- I thought they were at the heart of a very, by and large, a very convincing defensive display. But um, I, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. We'll, we'll, we'll differ slightly on that one. Uh, mm-hmm. And we'll go to, to Jules, Julian Burner. And I
1: would give him a 7.5. I, You know, maybe my uh, my slight anti-Lee's bias is maybe showing up there, but... I thought he was the I thought he was the better of the two centre backs. I I would definitely think uh, you can disagree with me, Rich, but uh, I dare you to
0: um, <laughs> that
1: he was not the better of the the two no, centre backs. No, I do think
0: I do think he was the better slightly. So maybe he gets for me seven point seven five. <laughs> okay, seven point seven five. The first uh, quarter mark.
1: Apparently everybody.
0: Apparently everyone this week's been calling him Big Dog in training. Why? <laughs> Oh, oh, big dog! Um, <laughs> I just had to allude to it again because it was such a um, a fun detour we went on last week. Um in um, we yeah. Fox. I was going to say
1: about Burner is just he's, admit, he's always a mountain of a man, and it's just another another mountainous great performance.
0: But uh, maybe more sort of Ben Nevis than Kilimanjaro today with that's with your seven point five score. I think so. I think yeah. so. <laughs> I just cannot see an analogy and not want to uh, twist it out of shape and make it stupid. It just, sorry, it's my brain's broken and I have to do it. I have to follow that. that no, it's so fine, it Rich. I mean, you know,
1: you're you're with me, you're pairing with me and and we're both, I think we've maybe bonded on many things in life and that may be one of the smaller things we bond on is <laughs> that when is an analogy good, um, not when me and you make it. <laughs> and just hammer it completely out of proportion (laughs) and maybe into something that looks very different from what it was in the first place and what it was intended to be.
0: Great stuff. So um, move on to another mountain of a man at left back, Captain Fox Morgan. So here we
1: go. Fox Morgan gets my man of the match. Um, He's getting a big old eight out of 10 from me. Uh, Really good. A cunning goal from Wiley Fox Morgan. And some great overall contributions. Uh, he just looks like a player absolutely reborn. Like, I don't yeah. think we have seen, even if we previously looked and the scouting said, you know, there's a good player here and he's doing well at, at Charlton, and we spent a considerable chunk of change. Mm. Um, compared to some of the transfer fees and bringing him into the club. Um, but even so, despite that kind of promise and maybe the scouting and anything good that he's done previously at Charlton, he looks a player reborn. And he's just a man who looks with so much confidence. Um,
0: that, that goal speaks to that doesn't it that's from both of them you know Hutchinson has to be switched on to see the opportunity but Fox needs to be alive to you know to grab that moment as well because we've also seen that moment you know the throw-in happens and it kind of bounces off Fox and tamely rolls to the goalkeeper or a defender that's two minds working brilliantly together and both of them confident front foot you know it's great.
1: Yeah, and then just defensively, he was great as well. Dealt with any threats that uh, QPR had to offer on, on that right wing, and he did a really amazing block in the second half as well from one of the QPR chances. And yeah, yeah he was just
0: great all round, great defensively and great getting forward. Man of the match. Superb. I, I wholeheartedly agree. Deserves it truly. And what a yeah, what a great chap he's. Uh, what a great yeah, great chap he seems to be. And and. Um, it's great to see him grow, grow week by week. It seems. Uh, so then we'll go for uh, the right winger uh, from the start, which was which was Murphy,
1: Jacob Murphy. I've gone for seven point five. Um, maybe I could even upgrade this to an eight. You know, I it really was. Um, I wasn't too surprised. you said that the BBC. I saw the the same BBC Sport report that gave him the man of the match because mm. I, I think it's one of the best all round Murphy performances. I think we've had at the club. It's up there. Um, you know, he just has pace, he's danger, he's good dribbling on the ball, he's direct, um, and he had some really good set pieces as well. That's good. And, you know, some good deliveries all round. Yeah. It's, it's also nice to see him have some real confidence in his shooting. And uh, that chance that we mentioned, the, the one in the first half in the 17 minute with the the beautiful long ball forward things yes. from uh, Sam Hutchinson, and then he gets into it, he just gets it down, and really just rastered his venomous foot through it. Um, it's just great to see him have that confidence back, and especially kind of summed up through that that lovely goal against Leeds. And, yes. you know, yeah, I uh, this is the interesting thing that we have on the podcast, is that we're often looking at the wingers, and it's a big part of our play, and some of the options we have for those three players, and whoever two of them are, and I feel like every time we talk about this and we talk about who, where we are with this, I often feel like I want to say um, every time we have a really, really good, decent performance... I feel like every time at the end of the show, mm-hmm. I'm there in the play playwriting saying, right, that's our right winger and left winger. That's our left winger. That's our right winger. Yeah. And I'm probably going to say this again about Jacob Murphy. <laughs> the problem I know is that what we've seen so much is that it is very inconsistent. But yeah. definitely, I think we've, at least to the positive, we've had wingers who've put in such great performances that you can say and look back and say, okay, they've They definitely earned that space for the next game. Yes, and Jacob Murphy very, very much did that in this game.
0: Yeah, no, I I agree. It's a it's a strange. You're right. It's strange with those. The, the wingers are almost they're very. It's similar to the the situation up top in terms of the unreliability <laughs> maybe of those folks that play there. But then they conversely to the to the strikers they've they're all doing things every other game that make you want them to be the guy it's like oh if you so if murphy played like today always he's a shoe in you probably would start him every single game completely yeah if reach played as well as he's done in these last couple of little cameos with these late crosses in things Again, you're probably like, oh yeah, well Reach is then he's a shoe-in for the left wing. But then I think Harris is is probably the most consistent of the of all of them because I, I don't think he's ever dropped b- below like six and a half all season. He's he always puts a decent shift in, but maybe doesn't hit the heights or hasn't hit the heights of, of mm. the other two at their best. So it's a it's a weird situation to be in, but uh I I, I wouldn't have any qualms with him, yeah, starting the next game on the right wing and, and see who plays plays the opposite flank from him uh mm. yeah um so then the mid the midfield was made up of uh sam hutchinson and joey Pelopesi. which one would you like to tackle first oh t- i like good use of the word tackle mm. there, Rush.
1: i see what you did there um <laughs> let's do joey, p. joey um, p let's um do you want the good news or the bad news first i think we want the <laughs> bad news first and you're uh, gonna bad- give him free Bad news bear, Joey Bella-Pessi. Um <laughs> A man who harbors bad news. He's 6.5. I think I'm maybe being generous. Um, again, it's the fact that he's such a quiet player. Yeah. He's best. It's like, I can't, how can I rate this player? And he's almost a bit like, you know, I feel a little bit like Kieran Lee. Kieran Lee can be very quiet at times. Yes. I think he's a quiet, but then the Kieran Lee, I think, often comes up with the bits and moments that make you think yes that's a good game um I just I don't really know what I see from Joey in that respect. he was fine he was yeah. okay i I don't think he offended, nor did he do much wrong you know but <laughs> but also but he also didn't do much didn't Full do start. much stuff. Didn't do much right. I think right sounds attached, like a so classic. Sounds negative.
0: I think nor did much. Yeah. Did not do much. That's sounds uh, like a classic Joey Pellipassi performance in a way. <laughs> Doesn't do much. I, I feel like if Joey
1: Pellipassi's performance was summed up in the Bible it would be the shortest sentence. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you like pelopesi didn't didn't out that day didn't that day and <laughs> kind of the language
0: yeah uh okay well i'll yeah okay i'll go i'm happy to go along with your uh, your rating there we we'll, we'll uh, when he when he beams in his volley for the season then we can uh, we can up him to a a seven seven and a half oh I would love that i would love his uh,
1: do you remember his goal against away at millwall yes, what a peach yeah. that was.
0: He's got it in him. It's there somewhere. It's just buried quite deep. In his locker, yes. In his locker. It's under lots of uh, exercise books.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe a big stash of musty Dutch men's fitness magazines.
0: (laughs) Yes. Oh dear. Um <laughs> let's and, let's move and, swiftly along to, to... And, and now for the good news, and it is Sam
1: Hutchinson <laughs> getting a seven point five. Um I'm disappointed his game was kind of brought brought short thanks to being stamped on. Who stamped on him? Who is this awful QPR player? So I can go and lambast him. Oh, sure. Shake my fist in his direction. Um <laughs> in the bits he's involved in I thought he was absolute quality. We mentioned well let's mention again just how amazing that amazing raking ball was.
0: It was an absolute
1: um, peach. Absolute peach and a really good tackle were in his highlights. Highlight reel. Um, yeah. I'm really happy to. I want to see more of this Sam Hutchinson, you know?
0: You know that this, the, the law of Wednesday is that both him and Luongo will be out injured for Tuesday's game, but um, fingers crossed that's not the case. Yes. We've got some nice choices to be able to make rather than horrible choices. And which is more bad news, such as uh, Joey P. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And but so let's move on to... Uh, to but uh, to, uh,
1: to yeah. kind of foreshadow the Wigan game, I think what we found from these cup games is that in some very strange centre mid pairings and combinations... We can still get some good success away from home. Yeah. So first name on this team sheets is Joey P. Joey P. Joey P and Weebaz.
0: That's my prediction in a four four. Ninety percent of the time it works every time. <laughs> Joey P. Oh. excellent. Muscoleese from Heracles, as you called him. Those are those are treats. Um right, let's uh, let's move along to um, Murphy's uh, you know, opposite wingman, uh, Calvin Kadim Harris. How did, how did you how did he fare today? Oh come and dance with me Calvin Harris
1: <laughs> um, it was a seven yeah nice it was a pretty steady performance um I think it's just another game I'm just crossing my fingers and praying for a bit of a uh, bit of Calvin Harris output. Um, some yeah. good end products.
0: Um, he yeah, it felt very close. That sorry, that that uh that sweeping left-footed shot late on felt very very close. It there wasn't did. a great angle of it, was there? But it, it oh, felt like it was inches away. Mm. Yeah, I noticed. I, I noted
1: that that was a great chance at the end. It's a little good for his effort didn't go in. Um, but I mean his pace's legs are still always an outlet for us. Yeah. You know, both wings were just such great outlets of joy, you know, throughout this entire game. Murphy and Harris were really good on both wings. Murphy was the better of the two, but but Harris was still decent. So I think a seven is fair.
0: Excellent. I think, yep, yeah, I go along with that. Seven seems fair. Um and then let's go to the strike partnership up top. So um in the same way that we did with Pellupesi and uh and Hotch, we'll go to uh maybe the lesser of the two uh and uh cover Jordan Rhodes first. Jordan Rhodes. John Rhodes, I'm gonna give him as
1: his squad number defies a six. And you know, to, to paraphrase the Pixie song, you know, if uh, if Lees is five, then Rhodes is six. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, it was very much a 6 out of 10 performance. And he's okay. He ran around a bit. He didn't really squander anything. But he didn't really have anything to squander. It was a Joey Pelopesi striking role. Mr. Uh, weekly Sitter. Yes.
0: Uh,
1: yeah. I liked him hurrying the defenders a little bit. He did that. He ran around that's a bit. That's
0: good. The, the, yeah, that's where he's probably that. Tiny bit more mobile than Atty. <laughs> He's slightly more of a threat to uh, as he encroaches on defenders than, than Atty knew you. Um, although there's more of you to hit with your clearance, so swings and roundabouts. <laughs> um, so, what did you make of Sammy Winnall? I'm going to give her
1: a seven. Um, I, the funny thing is, I'd probably say he was a very similar story, truth be told, to uh, Jordan Rhodes. But he got that all-important... But game. he got that goal, yeah. And it was a lovely goal, and I'm really happy for him for that. Um, I'm not going to say I hope he kicks on, because I feel like I'm going to act a fool. Look, a fool, if I say that, because it's going to be largely inconsistent. It's not going to happen. <laughs> kind of returns from Sam Wynall. Um, But, you know, I'm glad he scored. I'm glad he... You know, that's another sign that, you know, he still has something to add.
0: Yeah.
1: And I always feel the promise of Sam Winnall that he could still potentially add something. You know, as part of... He's not going to be our first-choice striker. Um, but maybe in this situation, you know, we can get some... We can, you know, get a little bit of wine from those win-all berries.
0: Until something else happens, essentially we need... When If you look at Fletcher's contribution, what we've lost... Essentially, we need about 15 goals out of those three, somehow. Unless we sign the new player. So, yeah, win-all ticking ticking along and 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 getting a goal is helpful it would be nice to see Rhodes outside of that one you know the time warp that is Nottingham Forest it it would be nice to see him look vaguely dangerous obviously Atty's bagged a couple of times um but I I just don't that's the real worry is I just don't have the hope that they are going to get that sort of 12 13 goals that we need from them I, I, I wonder
1: if, Rich, I mean, we all hope that Jordan, you know, does a jump to the left and a step to the right, uh, <laughs> puts his hands on his hips and bends his knees in time, in time. and remembers how to do the time warp again. Yes. Because um, that's what we want from him. Um, but until that day, I still think out of the two, I'd much rather see Sam all yeah. on a pitch than Jordan Rhodes, Definitely. even if the formation and the role isn't working for him. I think he has the potential to offer just a little bit more than uh, than than Jordan does.
0: Fair dues. So um, subs wise, uh, Hunt played almost a full half, really. Uh, when you look at it, so Alex Hunt, how, how did you? Not massively overwhelmed by uh, his his contribution, maybe fair to say. But what would you, if you had to put a number on it, where would you fall? Six point five, I think is fair. Okay, yeah, I. I I was
1: thinking maybe I wanted to give him a seven, but I feel it was damning to Joey Pell-Pessi, Um who played <laughs> the entirety of Pell-Pessi. the 90 minutes and was in a winning side. And, but it was nice to see him get a game. Yeah. I, I, I think you remembered a lot more of his performance than I did. There's a lot I I couldn't really recall much from him in
0: that regards. But I suppose it's another young player getting a getting a, a try, which is another positive thing, isn't it? Surely. Completely, yeah. It's um, just a shame. We,
1: it's a shame we also didn't get to see uh, Borokov as well.
0: Yes. Yeah. Um. So the uh, then Adam Reach came on seventy second minute and obviously contributed with a wonderful assist.
1: Yeah, uh, that was a yeah, that was a really good cameo from Adam Reach and a good step up from the bench. I'm glad he managed to put down the uh, you know it really exhausted that uh, Twitter hot girls and burning hashtag.
0: Um, <laughs> he just turned to Gary Monk about the the 75th minute, saying he'd caught up. Instagram was saying that he'd caught up uh, on his feed. <laughs> so, so exactly. He could, exactly. He could now um, play some football, actually.
1: And yeah, had a really good game and uh, good cameo. I love that punt forward for the new you chance, which new you should have done a hell of a lot better with. Um, and what a great assist as well! You know, it's just it's it's um, as you've said, Rich, a real baller move a to be able to bring on I think any of those three now.
0: Yes, yeah, I, I yeah, I would
1: wholeheartedly agree. I'm incredibly pleased with our wing options and the fact that they're there and uh, what they do for us. It's it's something else.
0: So do you think this this uh, sort of, it's a bit of a twofer a couple of times now where we've brought Reach and Nui from the bench in fairly short order and then uh, managed to grab the goal that sort of tied down the result. You know, that, they're, they're quite a duo. That's quite a good connection to make. It's yeah. not, a,
1: um, it's not a, a combination I would think about. But uh, yeah,
0: that's a, another
1: astute and excellent observation from richard miller
0: like pj and duncan if duncan was seven feet tall and albanian slash Kosovan, um adam and Atty. Uh, watch, they... watch us wreck
1: the goal watch us wreck the goal watch us wreck the goal <laughs> psych psych <laughs> <laughs> the psych is the psych is when it doesn't work out I'm like, yeah nah, nah. you thought <laughs> we were gonna do something good but we didn't <laughs> Jokes on you
0: uh, Atty knew you he, he only had a few He only sort of had 14 minutes or so On the pitch But uh, what did you What did you make of that Atty Wayne Knew you Investigates <laughs> <laughs> Sp-
1: Spoken like a pun That i just thought up Just before you brought up What did you think About <laughs> the new Year? Um He's getting a 7 From me It's a good cameo Lovely little hand In the second goal Such a beautifully Splayed ball Out of reach It was, that was something else. And um, maybe I'm just a little disappointed that he wasn't the one who got the, uh, because he likes adding that last minute gloss goal. He does. And it was interesting that Winnell got it and it wasn't
0: New Year. If only his little legs could have carried him up the pitch (laughs) quick enough to to finish off the move he started. Rather than being a good 15 feet behind the play. Yes. Uh, Well, yeah, there we go. If only we could find some oil
1: for his lumbering large tin man legs. <laughs> if only if only if only. If only, if only.
0: Well, there we go. So uh, we're into the next round. we'll um we'll probably uh, repeat our usual appeal uh, for the very easiest of games, whatever that looks like uh, for the next round. <laughs> um, and we'll probably end up with something a bit like QPR probably end up playing Wayne Rooney's derby or something like that in the next round um I, I think we, could, we should leave it out uh, oh, so we could
1: indeed we could potentially get the pigs as they've just beaten Millwall 2-0 they have. Uh, other teams that could potentially have Leicester which that feels like a very wednesday Norwich oh away at Norwich that I think that's it I that think that's would way be it wouldn't it that would be an awfully long uh, Portsmouth. There's a lot of like really long away games that we can go to to just carry that carry
0: on with this. Sign up Timu Puki for a hat trick if we end up going to Carrow Road. Yes, uh, but we could have Tramia Rovers, uh, <laughs> Manchester United. The we could. Is our oyster.
1: Newcastle and Ox- Oxford United have
0: drawn a game. Newcastle would be uh, a bit of a pointed. They'd put that I, one on the rally, that would it? be
1: my ideal draw. My uh, dream draw would be to go and rub it in Steve Bruce's grubby face (laughs) if I could take the dinner that he was uh, the kebab that he was feasting on at the time
0: in his face out of his face to rub a result in his face. And try and get chilli sauce in his eyes. But anyway, the important thing is we're in the ball bag. We're in the ball bag, and that's where
1: we want to be. Or the ball vestibule, whatever the draw looks like. Do they? Is it a automated ball vestibule these days?
0: <laughs> yes, I can't wait to be fondled uh, on uh, the one show by Mika Richards or. <laughs> <Dan Murphy. laughs> we knew this day would come. Oh, fantastic! <laughs> Right, I'm going to say cheerio, Luke. Okay, have a good one, Rich. (laughs) Same to you.